because if we lose faith that that we can find anyone who wants to talk about spiritual things, if we lose faith that we can find new ways to meet new people, if we lose faith that we can make a difference, then we stop trying. Welcome to the CDM Podcast, a production of Contagious Disciple Making. We exist to catalyze movement through coaching, community, and communication. We created this podcast to help everyday Christians become world-changing disciple-makers. I'm Paul Watson. This is Rebecca Ewing, and you're listening to the CDM Podcast. Like, share, five-star rate, and review this podcast. You can listen to our full premium content by becoming a $5 a month supporter on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash faithworks, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash faithworks, or just click on the link in the description. To those of you who support this podcast, thank you. Your support helps us put tools in the hands of men and women just like you who want to experience a disciple making movement in their own neighborhood. Now, 2020, we were under lockdown. 2021, if you're in places like Oregon or much of the United States, you're still under lockdown. And yet lockdown does not sit there and give us a pass on living out the great commission and great commandment in our life. So how in the world do we be around people who don't know Jesus when we have difficulty even getting outside of our house? Well, the thing is, is I know it's been hard adjusting and dealing with the lockdowns. Of course, it's frustrating. There's a lot of things that we would naturally think of to do to be able to hang out with other people and, and, and stuff like that, that we just simply can't do nowadays, or at least it makes it incredibly difficult in order to do that. But we have to be careful not to allow ourselves to get into patterns of isolation, and especially uh, us as Christians, uh, you know, that we have already have a tendency to have a difficulty you know, relating to and hanging out with unbelievers because of our Christian community and friends, if we're not careful, these lockdowns could cause us to retreat even more into just our families and Christian friends. But the thing is, we can't be so in love with just hanging out with other Christians or uh, and that we forget the main thing. I mean, mm-hmm. the main thing is hanging out with, spending time with, and sharing Christ with the lost. Otherwise, there is no great commission being forwarded. We can post as many things as we want to on the internet about Jesus, but unless we personally reach the people around us, then it's not going to get done. So that leads us to ask the question, do circumstances really prevent us from doing God's will? So when we put it that way, because we get into this place where we make a lot of excuses, right? Or at least we have things that we're frustrated about. There are limitations, there are restrictions, our busynesses. Oh, this is a busy season for me. You don't understand how hard it is to have all these kids. You don't understand my job is taking a lot from me. And you don't understand blah, 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 blah. You know, you don't understand how hard it is. These people really don't want to, to have a relationship with me. You know, there's just all these things that we have as a part of our circumstances, which undoubtedly at times are really tough. But when it comes down to it, we have to understand what is God's will in this situation and do these things really make it impossible 
for us to do these things. Yeah, we have we have a God that makes paths in the sea and streams in the desert. I mean, right. and uh, and we just seem to be, you know, wringing our hands, wondering, oh my goodness, how are we going to do this and all these kind of things. And yet at the same time, it's really a lack of faith that is keeping us from stepping forward and, and stepping into fulfilling the Great Commission and Great Commandments, even under lockdown. Yeah, you know, so you've heard the term, the blood of the martyrs for the seed of the church. So mm-hmm. the idea behind this particular, well, first off, the history behind this is that, especially around the first and second generations of believers after, you know, with, with Christ and everything, that as they you know gave their lives under this extreme persecution it seemed to only feed the the kingdom's growth uh, as it went through because that's the principle right that let's not lose the principle the principle is as things get tough and as uh, there's hot persecution god is able to make things grow and a lot of times mm-hmm, it's what mm-hmm. le- actively leads to that but what the problem is is that we take this really great ideal of the blood of the martyrs, you know, is the seeds of the church. And we make it an ideal that we can attain to, or that it's for some other people in some other situation and that we probably won't come up against. So it's not for us, but it is for us. If we realize that that's the principle that think when things get tough, God shines through as long as we remain obedient you know, it's not easy during those times of persecutions to continue to remain faithful and obedient and, and true to God during that time. It wasn't easy for them to do that. But when they did, God used their obedience, even in the face of extreme persecution, to be able to grow his church. The same way now. It's not easy to necessarily to come up with new ways to engage people who don't know Jesus in COVID situations and lockdowns and things like that. It's not going to be just easy as inviting, you know, 20 families to come out to the park with you. But however, it's not impossible. And if we move forward anyway, if we move forward in obedience, despite the hardness of it, God's going to use that in order to be able to spread his kingdom. As long as we don't lose faith. Because yes. if we lose faith that, that we can find anyone who wants to talk about spiritual things, if we lose faith that we can find new ways to meet new people, if we lose faith that we can make a difference, then we stop trying. Yeah. You know, and, and it may be that we stop trying completely altogether and we're just like, you know, I'm just going to sit at home and play Star Wars Battlefront or whatever it may be or watch Netflix. <laughs> if we lose faith and stop trying then it's not going to do anything. And then sometimes we may we may lose faith and that leads us to half-hearted attempts. Like mm-hmm. we'll go out and we'll we'll con- we'll knock on somebody's door or we'll reach out to a friend when we know they're probably at work. Right, right. And then they won't be there and we're like, "Oh, well, you know, I tried." And if God had really wanted me to reach them, they would have been there even though it was at a time they're not normally there. And so we do all these mental gymnastics and it's really just half-hearted attempts to say that we checked the box and tried and we're not really following through. It's a lack of faith in our part and a lack of in- true intent to obey what is in front of us. Right, a similar way would be that if you're trying to talk to someone, you're kind of like half checked out or just barely checking the box of talking to the person and, ah, well, nothing came out of it. Well, yeah. Or you just do it once and you're like, well, nothing amazing came out of that one conversation. And so, you know, again, we want to be able to say that 
when things get tough, we hang in there and get tougher. Mm-hmm. We get hang in there and be, use our creativity, uh, at pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us figure out ways to develop these relationships. Because this is the reality, guys. God wants us to grow His this kingdom in this lockdown in these lockdown situations and limitations. It's His will, and so therefore, when we pray for opportunities and pray for Him to help us figure it out, He's going to answer because that's the promise of His word. He says, "You know, you pray for it to me according to my will; I will answer it." And, and he never gives us any task that is impossible, truly impossible for us to do. So we can be move forward in, in a great expectation and faith that God's going to take our little obediences and do something awesome with them. You know, and I think another thing we need to do is look at the benefits of whatever negative situation is in front of us. So, for example, mm-hmm. we can say that there is a benefit of lockdown. We have to focus on engaging people in more personal ways. We can't just put on a show or collect a crowd like we may have done in the past. We have to focus on developing the relationships, which then allow us to have the conversations. Right, right. In fact, you know, we keep on saying, oh, well, now these le- these lockdowns really keep us from engaging unbelievers. Actually, I feel that before this time, a lot of our programs and you know, love of uh, events really, and sometimes church programs even kept us from meaningfully connect with unbelievers. In fact, a lot of times it was a kind of a mask to think that we were meaningfully connecting with them. We really weren't. When we invited them to a big, you know, uh, service, when we piled them all into an, an area where we would give them some candy along with a track you know, or, you know, something like that and be like, hey, we've meaningfully, you know, connected with lost people. Our job is done. Well, now, it's like I said, I feel like that got in the way. Well, now that's not going to be where we can default to now. And we have to think about how can I develop a relationship and hang out with this one person or this one family. And that means everything has to be a lot more relational. Mm -hmm. So if it's more relational then that means we have more opportunity to have conversation. That's right. Yay! And that's exactly where we needed to be this whole time. This whole time we needed to, to meaningfully connect with people so we could have conversation. So there's there's some things that we need if we're going to engage during this lockdown time during COVID. And I think that one of them is there's a huge need for personal ingenuity. Mm-hmm. Okay. We, we get into places where we, we just make excuses and we throw up resistances and we focus on what we can't do. And we focus, we have other, we have other people make suggestions to us about things to do. We're like, oh, oh, I can't think of anything. Could you suggest something? And then they suggest it. And then every time we shut them down, oh, that won't work. Oh, oh, you don't know my circumstance. That won't work. Or this won't work. So we get to this place where we're just like, we're, we're stuck in this thing. But what we need is we need to start employing our own creativity to make things happen. Yeah, I mean, I it often happens and well, sometimes happens in our and some of my coaching calls where I will talk to people about engaging and then there it's all about like, well, that won't work. I would have done this, but that didn't work. I would have done naturally have done something, but that won't work now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I could do this, but that won't happen for another, you know, 6 months. And I'm just like, okay, <laughs> I'm glad you're pointing out all the things that you can't do. 
What can you do? And then there's silence. And so I'm trying to prime the pump with, with some ideas. And it's like, nah, I don't know about that. Nah, I know about that. And, you know, so we're getting into the negative, ah, we can't. It's like, okay, then let's get into a place of where possibility is. Like, you know, let's be inventive in this. So, and ways to do that, you, 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 so in order to employ our own creativity into this, we need to take ownership of it and say, okay, well, we're, it doesn't, because it's hard, doesn't mean that we're not responsible to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And that this is no longer something that we should own. No, you still own it. <laughs> God still expects you to engage unbelievers. So how can we do that? And here's the thing. We have to take individual responsibility and in figuring it out to a certain level because every place and every person has their own situation. So each mm-hmm. area has different restrictions. Mm-hmm. The restrictions that are in South Carolina are different than the ones in California. Right. You know, the one and and so you have perhaps more possibilities inside of South Carolina than you would in in California. Not saying it's impossible in California. It's just that there are different set of restrictions. So something that might work in one place may not work in another place. Well, and and each person has their own different preferences, too, that that sometimes I've been and I, I traveled this past weekend and I know people who don't travel at all. And then even as I was traveling, I was running into people who, you know, they were like masks and, and distancing and everything. And I ran out, I ran into people that are like, we don't wear masks. And they were given big old hugs and everything else. And so people have different, not only are there different restrictions in terms of the government level, but there's also different personal preferences on, on just what they, what kind of risk they're going to tolerate. But that doesn't even go into personal preferences on how they're even wanting to relate to you. Some people might want to come to you in groups. Some people might want to come to you as individuals. Some people like coffee. Some people hate coffee. I mean, you've got to sit there and to kind of take those individual preferences into account too. So, you know, and the, and the thing is, is this is nothing new because right. you always have to adapt, adapt to the culture around you. This is just mm-hmm. another cultural adaptation at this particular point. And so, you know, additionally with that, people have different interests. So if you're trying to figure out what your neighbors, are, you know, how to be able to engage your neighbors or your coworkers, you always had to figure out what are their interests? Right. What do they like to do? What is something that they would find that is fun and, and, and ways that you can be able to hang out together? So, you know, talking with your neighbors, you might find out that they like to read. And, you know, okay, what books do you like to read? Oh, I like these kind of books. Okay, what's, what's a book that you read lately from that that you really liked? Oh, this one particular book. I really love that. What about that did you like? And then you start talking about the book and what it was. And you know what? We should have a book club. We should read a book together and talk about it. And right. so this was already something that we had to do to a certain degree already to be able to figure out how to be able to reach the people around us. Yeah, I think that comes down to we need an attitude of discovery. And that and what you're just saying mm-hmm. right there is that it all begins by listening. So we're we're listening to people, we're listening to what they what they want, what their desires are, we're listening to what the restrictions they are under, we're listening to what their personal preferences are, and then creating some kind of mechanism even to listen is super super important. Like one of the ones we've used in CDM, the community prayer calendar where we're calling people including people who don't know Jesus and we're saying, "Hey, you know, I was thinking about you." 
you know, how are you doing? Is there anything you need? And then I'm a person of prayer. I'd love to pray for you. Well, that, that question, is there anything you need, is huge. And how can I pray for you is huge because just that act of listening and having a system to do it allows me to get input in that may tell me how to engage further by either serving or engaging. They may say, man, I'm super lonely. And you're like, wow, that's okay. I get that. Do you want to do a watch party of a movie this weekend or something like that? Or do you want to come over to the house if you feel comfortable with that? I mean, so there's these kind of things come up or they might say, hey, I'm out of toilet paper. And you're like, hey, I got, I made a Costco run right before lockdown. I got toilet paper. And you could run over there, give toilet paper, you give them and meet the need. And it creates this opportunity for connection. And, and this is often where we get kind of paralyzed because we a lot of people they're like I don't know what my, the needs are around me I don't know how to re- what other people would find fun I don't know a lot of the people and so just starting by listening it's like okay you may not know exactly what the perfect next thing to do that's why just that initial touch point where you just sit and say hey I was just wanted to see how you were doing it gives it puts you in a place of listening to be able to find the information which you can take the next step mm-hmm. so there's all that always that first step, whether it's you or other people that you're trying to help be able to take those next steps in engaging people, listening to people, reaching simply reaching out and listening to people is a great place to start. The second place is start by helping. So, you know, once take you them find out that paper. <laughs> once you find out that need or once you find out some maybe even just that they're struggling or that they're feeling lonely, now you could you if you're trying to actively say, what can I do about it? Mm-hmm. And it, whether it's people in your community in general or whether it's an individual, that helping can lead to something else. Um, it can. Uh, I know somebody right now who is looking into the idea of helping um, mothers who are also do, having full-time jobs and helping them with certain tasks and things like that. Well, that's wonderful. If you lean in and you start helping them, that gives you all kinds of opportunity to have conversations and to be able to take the relationship farther. I think, I think you know, just cultivating an awareness of what's going on around you and what people are needing, you know, through, through systems and things like the prayer calendar, those kind of things is huge. I think the second one of this, too, is that we often overlook is we may have an awareness, but we don't have an availability. We've, we've jam-packed our schedules so full that if someone was truly in need, we don't have room to be able to go and to take care of things. And, and I think that making ourselves available is also goes hand-in-hand hand with being aware of what's going on. Actually, even more to the point, even if we're busy people or we think that we're busy people, we could possibly do it. We just often just don't make ourselves available. I'm sorry, I got to go take care of my family. I'm sorry, I have something else that I need to do. And, you know, whether or not it's actually, you know, essential, the time is another thing, you know. So being available sometimes just means I'm willing to give more than X amount of time to be able to help other people and to be involved in their lives. We have to realize that all of our time is God's, that all of our time is it's not just God gets some of our time and the rest of it is ours or rest of it is our families even. And so we have to be to realize where that is now. And then also just start by doing what we know to do. Right. Um, you know, again, sometimes you literally have no clue. And so you can just reach out to, to, and you know, call somebody, which, Hey, if that's all that you know what to do, then do it. 
You know, if all you, if all, yeah, if all you know what to do is to just take a walk around your neighborhood to see who's out and maybe say hello to them, then start by doing that. And sometimes we create things or we'll look at things that we, or pick things that we know we don't know how to do in order to throw up more excuses. So for example, I don't know how to surf. I don't have any surfing equipment. I don't have any friends that surf. But if I sat there and said, man, I'm going to engage the loss by surfing. Well, now I have to sit there and go, I got to find out what equipment I need. I need to go, I need to save up the money to buy the equipment. And then I need to find out a place locally to do that. And then I need to, and so what I've really done is I've made a decision. I put so many barriers or such a long on-ramp between me and actually being around people who don't know Jesus that it's become a convenient way to look like I'm engaging, but not. When in reality, if I just started with something I knew to do already and started engaging mm-hmm. right there, then I could have already had more of a difference than if I was trying to find something totally different, totally new. I'm not saying don't try new things. I'm just saying be, be careful that if you try new things, it's in addition to what things you already know to do as opposed to just a new excuse to avoid the task of talking to people about Jesus. You know, the reality is, guys, is that our community with CDM over this past year have discovered ways to connect and develop relationships with unbelievers, even with the lockdowns. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our disciple-making communities and discovery groups multiplied by four to five times. Wow. That we had wow. at the end. Yeah, at the good end. Good job, of guys. Two, good job, guys. And that's because they just moved forward in obedience and God blessed it. You know, many of these groups that they started, um, you know, were by people that, uh, with people that they didn't even know before that's the right. lockdown began. So it's you can't even sit there and say, "Oh, well that's because of all the work that they did beforehand." Well, undoubtedly some of it is, but the but some people just brand new to, um, were able to meet them and start discovery Bible studies with them. So it's more than possible to expand the kingdom even at these frustrating situations. Yeah, I just got a text this morning from a young lady in uh, in uh, Liberty, Texas, who started a discover two discovery Bible studies with coworkers in the last in less than the last week. I mean, it is possible mm-hmm. to go ahead yeah. and do all of these things with what she knew right there. She just became more aware and more intentional and when she did it, God gave her the opportunities and it's awesome. So shout out to Michael Dorset and the team Darianne. Thank you for being obedient to God and starting those discovery Bible studies. It's huge. So another person inside of our, or people inside of our community that they have found really helpful is walking. So um, we, one of the, the biggest things that we've seen has been really good ways to engage your neighbors is just going on walks with them because then you can distance yourself. If they feel, you know, uh, you know, side by side, still walking mm-hmm. side by side, but, you know, maybe like six feet apart. And you're walking ahead, you're getting some exercise, enjoying the outdoors, and there's really nothing else to do other than talk during that time. So then it gives plenty of opportunity for engagement. And because you're doing it with neighbors, so in other words, it's a plate walking around a neighborhood is a very close proximity. Uh, it's so convenient to be able to even possibly do it often, you know, to mm-hmm. be able to do it not even just once a week, but maybe multiple times a week, being able to go out your front door and meet with a neighbor and go around walking with them. I know Jolene uh, and also Dana have been using that in order to be able right. to start Discovery Bible studies with, with other people. 
Yeah, and I know that Matt out there has used Cornhole to connect with his neighbors. I mean, it's a great game that you can socially distance and play uh, with neighbors if you just do some things in your front yard. Think about all of those those yard those games that we moved to our backyards and we just did with our family and our close friends. What if you took those games and moved them to your front yard and played things like spike ball and uh, and and um, all of the, the giant Jenga games and and just all of those kind of things? You can socially distance and do all of those things with people and several people within our community actually have been using the next door app to connect with various neighbors that are around them the things that they need mm-hmm. and the interests that they have and you know it's a great way to be able just uh you know connect with where they are at that point and, and again they've started discovery bible studies and things like that from just connecting with their neighbors over the next door app yeah, and I know that Jackie and her husband Kevin went out caroling during uh, during Christmas time. They didn't sit there and go do the whole like twenty different songs or whatever. They just quickly knocked on the door, uh, gave them the cookies, and then sang there and uh, sat there and sang, "We wish you a merry Christmas." And then they moved on to the next neighbor. And it was a great way to engage. Well, it's it's a great first touch point. Again, mm-hmm. when you're getting into lockdowns, you're like, how do I meet new people? And it's a little bit easier to continue relationship with ones you have, but how do you meet new people? And that was a great way to do that. Now, what I really love is that Ruth actually combined uh, that and, and did a step beyond that. She actually, over the Christmas time, um, partnered together with another neighbor and went around door to door handing out little candles and um, a little trinket for Christmas for each of the neighbors, just as a cheer, as a Christmas cheer. And um, in the process of doing so, uh, engaging these neighbors this way, she got you know some of their contact information and sent them an invitation to something she found called Wonder Me. And so it's wonder.me. And it's a little pro- online program that basically, it's almost like a... <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's exactly like a Sims uh, simulation, but the idea is that you, you can create these little rooms with, you know, fireplaces and, you know, backgrounds that simulate actual rooms that you can invite people in and have just conversations with them, almost like right. if you were to have them over to your house. And so she she sent in them invitations and they came and they had some great conversations and getting to know each other through just this online program. Yeah, and and then uh, I know that my buddy Forrest, uh, I know this is going to sound funny, but he found, he's perhaps one of my more conservative friends out there, but he found that a place to engage was a Bosnian bar. I mean, people were going in there and they were hanging out so he could go in there and he could hang out with them and start conversations. And it looks like that's going to lead to a Discovery Bible study. I'm super excited about that. Right. So, you know, we have heard stories about book clubs and hikes and walks and language, online language learning uh, that people have been doing with one another, you know, um, neighborhood, door-to-door holiday situations, like all these things we've been hearing to be able to set to meet new people and also cultivate the current relationships they already have. You know, I love the fact that America has so many different cultures, which means we have so many different holidays. And on the day that we're recording this, it is currently Chinese New Year. So, Happy New Year, everybody. I just want to say that right now. Gong hei fa choi. And, uh, and, uh, gong si, gong si, gong si. Um, so, but there are other holidays out there too, like, you know, like you did, Rebecca, during, uh, during Halloween, where it was like, um, reverse trick or treating. Yeah. You've got Thanksgiving. I had, you know, I had friends over for 
for Thanksgiving, you can have friends over for Thanksgiving, and that's what we did. Caroling, we've already mentioned and everything. That's really cool, too. Yeah, and, and in case you're wondering what you meant by reverse trick-or-treating, is that actually I dressed up as, you know, really actually Safari had a monkey puppet, and so I dressed up as a uh, safari guide, and I went around with my own candy to other houses and said, you know, I know that it must be kind of sad that, you know, usually you have people coming to your door and it's kind of festive, so I wanted to be the one person that did and to give you a little bit of a treat. And mm-hmm. a lot of people really loved that. And we're like, well, that's so great. And I actually got to meet a couple of new people that I, as I went around. And so far as Thanksgiving, you know, other than inviting people to your house, you could go out and with maybe a little Thanksgiving treat and give it out and say, this is my, you know, 30 days of Thanksgiving. And I just really wanted to, to say hello to a new neighbor, give them something and ask, you know, what are you thankful for? And, you know, it is a means of getting to know people. And we have holidays like, you know, Valentine's Day and Easter and Fourth of July. We can do a lot of these things in order to be able to spread some cheer during the holidays. And those are great initial touch points in getting to know people. But then what to go from there? Because just like in Ruth's situation, you know, um, it's great to have those initial touch points. But now we need to take them into the next level where we're actually trying to continue the relationship and be able to develop that. And so now it becomes an individual engagement. Maybe someone that you met as you were going door to door just really seemed to be very open to relationship in talking to you, and you can invite them to do something with you. And again, this is there's a lot of different things, even just, just to talk on the phone or like in Ruth's Wonder Me, or maybe you can actually invite them to, depending upon where you are, to coffee or a walk around the neighborhood, to dinner at your house. You know, so basically, guys, whatever you would do with your personal family and friends. That's right. I mean, it's, we make it so complicated. We make it so yeah. complicated and think that's so hard. What do I do with people? Well, why don't you invite them to do some of the things that you do with people that you like, you know, (laughs) and and just make friends with people. That's right. You've been listening to the CDM podcast. I'm Paul Watson. This is Rebecca Ewing. Likes, share, five-star rate, and review this podcast. We'll be back with our premium content after the break where we will be asking the question, how do you get your DMCs engaging the lost outside of your meetings? You can listen to our full premium content by becoming a $5 a month supporter on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash faithworks, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash faithworks, or click on the link in the description. Thanks for listening to the CDM podcast. To hear part two, become a supporter on our Patreon page. You can find the link in the description. For coaching or other resources, connect with us at contagiousdisciplemaking.com.